0: It makes economic sense today to go for solar uh, if you have money sitting in FD.
1: You are listening to Understanding the Future podcast. I am the host, Punit Gandhi, and this podcast is developed in association with Climate Center for Cities under the National Institute of Urban Affairs and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs. This is a podcast where we discuss about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, innovation and sustainability with the help of leaders and visionaries working on ground as well as in the top management of public and private sector. Our objective is to better understand the future so that we can be prepared and intervene to enable climate actions in the urban area. Hello, Harsha, and welcome to Understanding Future. great that you are on this talk show and uh, will be helping our audience understand the future of Rooftop Solar. So if you can briefly let us know your journey and EcoSource journey, that would be of great.
0: Thanks, Puneet, for having me in the show. Uh, it's a great pleasure, in fact, to come and at least share my experiences and, you know, really you don't get this opportunities to actually share, talk about journey to others so this my journey is probably inspire some some of your audience as well uh, just about you know echo it actually comes to being part of the disaster that happened in 2004 when tsunami struck i was in india at that time uh, i worked in one of the remote villages in india where tsunami had stuck and that actually gave me a first hand inf- you know look at how nature can actually impact all of us right and that also brought me to understand the issues of climate change although stormy was not climate change but that climate change could cause equally damaging things to the world was something that i came around 2005 Uh, since then my whole outlook changed from you know being a software engineer in mnc and doing work to Actually thinking about climate change, the global issues, and how this is going to impact. So that uh, pattern continued for five years. Uh, I didn't still make the jump, but then yeah. I, you know, finally decided that I should move from my cozy job in US to do something really on ground with climate change. So that brought me to India. Uh, my parents were here, so I said, okay, let's just do it here if I have to do it. Then I ended up actually in Aravali, Pondicherry. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of you know that it's a Sustainable Township. Uh, I volunteered there with one of the organizations called sunny Future for the first few years. It's a township where they were already using solar in 2010, you know, and they, they were using since uh, 1995. And it gave me interesting uh, picture about how the rooftops could make impact in a day-to-day life. It uh, okay. made me travel to different parts of the country, look at the villages, people getting the water, through solar water pumps, and made me go to Himachal Pradesh, uh, you know, in one of the remotest areas in Pithi Valley, where, uh, you know, the solar was a big, big impact because I've never seen the power in their life. So the uh, whole thing, you know, brought me to say, okay, solar is something that I really want to do, you know, I, but it took me a while to understand, right, the nitty gritties of solar. And in terms of climate change, I felt that it is better to do the real solar in the urban centers because that's where the pollution really happens. Yeah. And that made me actually start uh, my journey in Bangalore. The company started in around 2011. So we primarily focused, initial years was mainly in working with Aruvel uh, uh, doing these NGO projects. Uh, yeah. 2014, my other partner, co-founder, Mr. Heman, he uh, retired from uh, ABB and he joined me through a common friend. Since then, we became private limited and started rooftop uh, installations in in Bangalore specifically, and then we've been doing it in and around Bangalore, Tamil Nadu, Andhra, Kerala. So two things happened, I think, solar to take off and how our company also came is 2013-14, The policy uh, for solar to be able to sell the power that you generate and consume to also to the grid had yeah. started. And 2013, that policy was a game changer for the industry because now you are not only a consumer, but you're also a producer. And that is happening all across the world. India was a little late start to it, but India was no less at all. I mean, we, I think India is, after China and a few other countries, India is, I think, probably in the top five positions in terms of renewables and especially solar. You know, in terms of our company, we focused on uh, rooftops. Our philosophy has been that wherever you generate, you consume it yeah. uh, rather than, you know, you keep it in a form somewhere far away and then use that power from there.
1: That, that's pretty good. And if you can just uh, let us know how much of installation or how much of systems you have installed or something on those, lines, that would be great. Right.
0: So we have uh, done around 5 megawatts, 340 installations. and It's significant when we think that the entire BESCOM, which is a local zone for Bangalore, only 2,500 installations. Out of that, we have done 340. is not a small number. I mean, it's a good, decent percentage for a startup to have. Yeah, uh, But it is insignificant when you think that in US today, you have 2 million homes that have been solarized already. That's 20 lakh homes. And now in a one of the biggest metropolitan cities in the country, in India, we have only 2,500 rooftop installations, uh, which shows that how much behind we are when it comes to rooftops. India, unfortunately, has taken uh, a route on a ground mounted systems, yeah. for uh, various reasons, uh, some of them are political yeah. know, but rooftop has been neglected as a country, so it's insignificant in that way, but also you can understand that how much potential it is it has got you know so I mean Bangalore's got you know at least like ten lakh houses, you know one million homes that actually can be solarized, so we are at a very beginning of a bigger change uh, to come.
1: True, true, and I, I like it's absolutely a minuscule number. Five megawatt is, to be honest, on electricity grid scale, it's nothing. Uh, but when we look at the amount of work done overall, it's like quite huge. Like you have done maybe more than ten, twelve percent of the total number of installations of Bangalore, which is still. Uh, and when we look at the bigger picture on those lines, it's still insignificant, which is very surprising that. Even after uh, working for so long and trying to create so much of awareness and how things move, uh, we have been able. Uh, you have been able to make just a small dent. I hope that dent is now visible as well to everyone. That so uh, coming to the second point on these lines, why do you think this is a challenge for us? Why do you think that only Bangalore has only two thousand five hundred systems instead of a million? And uh, which could be much better for every one of us. Uh, why do you think so these challenges still exist after five years of policy being in place?
0: Yeah, a good question Puneet actually. So many uh, reasons uh, you know, I think are uh, played here. Uh, first reason I think solar, uh, it has become grid parity. I mean, now the you know, cost of solar is equivalent to grid in, in last one year or this year, but earlier solar was expensive. You know, for many people, it was still a, something that only if you have a lot of money, a lot of disposable income, then only you should go for solar. Yeah. Uh, but over time, the solar costs have come down uh, drastically. Hopefully, that should translate to more installations in the future. The second factor also impacts is on the in a residential sector. Uh, what happens is government gives a subsidy today. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the subsidies, you know, for the first hundred units, you only pay three rupees or four rupees per unit. So that makes it much, much cheaper. It's a subsidized rate that consumers pay, right? So you, when you are comparing solar with a uh, grid for a residential home, mm. solar becomes extremely, you know, on a higher scale. I mean, it's almost three three times more expensive than the grid uh, when you take the life cycle costs of solar. Yeah. So that's the second reason. Mm-hmm. The third reason I'll put it is a policy issues itself. Although the policy is a most conducive policy, I think, in India, uh, which is there in Bangalore today. Yeah. However, the implementation of policy, they have got a lot, lot of lacunas. Uh, for example, a customer gets a soda, but his billing gets delayed, you know, because the local AWA or the local subdivision may not be able to understand. How the billing comes, out, you know, he's a new hire. He, uh, you know, may not understand. He does a mistakes in the billing because billing is still not centralized. It uh, it is, uh, you know, individual Excel files that they have to send. Someone has to go and read, take the readings. People giving bad word of mouth to solar. You know, you, you yeah. get bad experience. You're going to ask your friend to go for well The fourth one, again, the policy level is that uh, policies kept on changing. You know, uh, we had last in last 3 years we had few months in the state where there was no policy at all you know the policy was not announced by the regulatory commission uh, you know the implementation agency which is a bescom they took time to move the order that has been passed by krc which is a regulatory commission so you have these policy issues that play quite a bit i won't blame them i mean they are also busy but there is no i think it could have been better if there was a more focused rooftop solar division, uh, you know, uh, both at the regulatory commission as well as at the local SCOM level that actually can really look at increasing the uptake of solar. Unfortunately, today, all the ESCOMs, they treat solar as a competitor. You know, they feel that when someone puts a solar on their home, you know, they're taking up their revenue. And oh, okay, when you when a government feels that way, we're not going to, we're to disinter- what, Incentivized to actually promote solar, so you you have you know decent incentive incentives that work against solar, because you are actually competing with the grid itself. You know they are the ones who are supposed to uh, help you promote solar, but also it works against them, right? I mean your uh, the departments lose revenue, you know the subregions lose revenue, and they have to they can't lose their revenue. on a month to month basis, uh, so that's a concern. So this requires, uh, you know, some amount of money to be given or some policies that are actually incentivize the local descoms to promote rooftop solar. Uh, hopefully those changes would come. You know, in, you know, but the, and I think there are technologies now, uh, which hopefully we can talk about, that actually, which we think might make homes independent of the descoms themselves. Then you know, the whole dynamics of solar changes and, you know, uh, and more people probably would adapt to it. One more I can add is also awareness. I mean, you know, awareness in the consumer's initial years, we have to really explain what solar was, you know, how does it work? Solar yeah. is not something that it's a necessity for anyone, right? Solar is something that's good for the environment, for everyone in long run. But in short term, it's better to buy a car, that a gasoline car and, you know, Which looks all shining. Yeah, to buy a shining solar panel. But with time, two three things uh, have happened. And I uh, to complete the topic. Yeah, the good that have happened is uh, the SCOM rates have gone up. You know, all the SCOMs across the country they are going up every year five percent minimum. Yeah, and with more losses in Eskom's rates will still go up. There is also a a new mandate that has come if I remember stating that you know the uh, Subsidies may not continue for long and all this comes as to make them, you know, the cost subsidies especially, right? You know the industries yes. which for the residential consumer They may not happen in long run So in which case the uh, tariff rates might go up uh, for many consumers which actually could say okay, you know, please don't go for coal now you have an option to go for solar uh, you know, which is a green energy, yes, you're going to pay a little more money for that, but you would get a, a sustainable energy to your home.
1: Uh, to, just to, again, briefing on those lines. So, policy wise, I also believe that things have not changed a lot of at a lot of places. But then, if I look at it in Delhi as well, it's DISCOM generally keeps a telescopic uh, unit cost. They have something like okay, till 100 units, you have three or something, and then post that, it just goes so high that it pinches you. Like if I am using in summer's AC and all, my unit cost goes around 9 to 10 rupees a unit, which is quite high. And in that case scenario, uh, to be honest, solar would be much more cheaper for me than the unit cost of this thing. Uh, again, the problem also lies with, uh, I think, rooftop solar on shadow, which is one of the biggest hindrance in this sector. Uh, and okay. not a lot of people understand it, but that is something that again awareness needs to be created which you rightly pointed out and then coming to the consumer perception how do you think uh, this is this has changed from 2011 to now 2020 how do you think uh, people have started adapting to this
0: um, perceptions actually are not, uh, see when I, I remember in 2012 you know i, I did a event at pwc uh, you know, someone had said, "You know, can you set up a stall and you know uh, talk about solar?" And yeah. I still remember, actually, you know, uh, and Genpack. I think there's another company where I remember putting a stall there, and uh, people come in asking. You know, I've, I've taken a sample solar panel to show them that okay, this is a solar panel, yeah. and people t- telling me that what exactly is this? How does it work? Uh, you know, can it heat up the water? Yeah, uh, things like that. Right. I mean, uh, but on the other hand, I also found that the person who was uh, who had come from Bihar, I remember, yeah. who actually come from a village and he was an engineer, but he yeah. could even recognize the panel. He said, you know, this is solar panel, this is a solar lantern that wow. he used to have when he wanted to go for solar. And in the urban sector, it was completely unknown because no one has actually seen solar panels till then. Right. I mean, in day-to-day life, you don't see it, but it was already... Available in the form of solar lanterns, you know, uh, in villages. Even when I was studying, I mean, to tell you, actually, that was in 92, right? Yeah. I you know, I was in doing my 11th standard, at, you know, at the time. My dad actually got a solar lantern, you know. Oh, wow. And actually at home, we had a solar lantern at the time. I remember I was reading, you know, with a, a solar lantern. So, you yeah. know, but I was not in a city, right? I was in a village and, you know, we used to have power cards and and it's it's amazing and the things changed i think you know post as i said you know uh, 2013 the policy came we really have to uh tell them do the first pilot projects to some customer and then you know they actually have word of mouth to their friends and their friends so and many companies started and you know it's not just us and many companies in Bangalore they started who understood solar and the values of environment? They actually started promoting. So I think it's a, it's a, the whole ecosystem was built in last five years. It didn't exist in urban centers. Uh, and I think today everyone understands. And initially, when you when you explain a concept that you can sell power to the grid, no one used to get it. Now people understand it. Most people understand it, uh, at least in the middle class and higher middle class, and you know people who have a independent homes or even the apartment complexes, I think there's a huge change uh, in awareness. Only thing that is now, the issue is more than awareness, I think is coming to financials at this time. Uh, You could see a faster adoption rate in India.
1: Yeah. But do you think then on financials, uh, there will be such kind of models uh, which come into uh, pay uh, as you go model or something for urban sector that will come up? Or do you feel that it is still far off in Indian urban sector?
0: Uh, no, I, I think it, it will come, and I'll talk about it uh, uh, in, in in a little more depth. I think blockchain is something that I'm really looking forward to, okay. uh, where you actually can see today when you someone builds it, right? When the SCOM bills it, you know the billing happens exactly at the end of the month or when the account gets settled. With the blockchain, actually, you can do these changes dynamically. I mean, you, the payments and gateways can happen. In a dynamic fashion, you know, I can actually buy the power and keep it with me. Uh, you know, I buy it for one year, six months. You know, for this many units, I pay one time, and automatically can adjust right. And I can uh, buy solar from someone putting it on my roof, uh, or I'm, someone else has put it on my roof, but he's selling power to someone else in some other locality. Yeah, you know, today the Bascom billing and everything happens in a month two months you know the, the period right whenever they pay the money uh, i think going forward there's a high possibility that the you know you could actually buy the power without even knowing whom you are buying the power from and the other guy is selling power to someone who doesn't know and the accounts are transacted uh you know uh, through blockchain i mean you know you, you have sold to someone some unknown person and unknown person has bought the power from you That means that, you know, let's say I set up a power on your roof. You know, you're you're the owner of the roof, but I'm the owner of the solar power plant. And I don't sell the power to you, but I sell power to your friend who is 100 kilometers away from you, right? Yeah. And I actually can do that adjustments in the ledger, which is the blockchain. How much power has been consumed or how much power has been uh, produced? uh, on real in real time, and that's a change that could definitely happen. Puneet, I mean, you know, five years down the line, I think we we'll would start seeing those kind of technologies play. Today, we are still a nascent uh, technology, I mean, nascent uh, in the beginning of the uh, solar rooftop industry, where we are to sell the power only to the grid, whom uh, who's connected to your home today, right? And that that may not be the case in the future, you know, and that really depends on how the grids. Uh, or how the regulatory commissions would frame their policies, uh, yeah. but I can see that's coming in other countries and India might actually follow them as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I feel uh, blockchain and everything is quite good for this industry as well. My only uh, apprehension over there would be the time of implementation because I'm not sure our grid systems are ready for such kind of you know ecosystem. Uh, We need a lot more digitization in grid, which is happening. I would not say that that is not happening, but uh, it still is at a nascent stage. We need to uh, upgrade our grid infrastructure also on those lines, Uh, after which uh, we can open up the ecosystem for startups. And I don't know of many startups working in India on these lines, but I'm hopeful that there will be because these are some things which are quite out in the market, everyone uh, is trying to do it, at least in the developed countries, where India is also on its way, but has not reached that point. Yeah.
0: And I think, uh, see, one good thing in the right direction has happened in the last Amendment to Electricity Act, they have actually allowed for franchising to the private companies, uh, which means that your local ESCOM actually, you know, would be, could be some... It could be you actually, you know, who is uh, running the entire uh, distribution within your locality, right? And you could actually be completely independent of the others in the city, you know, in Surat or in Delhi. I could, and I could be owning, for example, you know, my locality, and I say, okay, I I would connect to my grid. I will sell and buy power with someone else. Yeah. Uh, with the when the private uh, companies are involved, they would try to maximize their profits. Uh, and increase their efficiencies. And I think these technologies would play a significant role in doing both. You know, I mean, <clears throat> increasing the efficiency of the grid as well as in uh, maximizing the profits of these companies. And then once you introduce a competition within them, within two, three parties, then the prices will find its optimal place. So where the, even the consumers will benefit at the end of the day, right? It's, yeah. you know, Uh, always a uh, misapprehension about when you give LCT to a private distribution companies the rates go up uh, but that's not true you know in many places actually that's actually it worked other way because there's always a competition you know with others and when you introduce a competition the prices will find its optimal value
1: yeah absolutely absolutely you're true and I think those are highly needed ones as well. I was just attending some uh, webinar recently on these lines. Uh, I think it was Abhagya or something, a scheme uh, around that. Uh, And one of the Delhi engineers of electricity department was like, we are managing grid from home. We have system today. Uh, Sorry to bring Delhi back again, but that was something uh, like I was surprised that okay, at least some states and cities have started working on grids as well from home which is surprising and uh, it is something which is remarkable that you have gone to this much amount of digitization in and I think uh, more of such solutions can be replicated across India at least to start off with uh, metro cities and then moving on to tier two tier three cities as well but that would be a big help for everyone I feel. So coming to now the next part of the ecosystem development, where there is a huge uh, play of electric vehicles that are coming in. Uh, what do you see on those lines? How do you see residential rooftops and electric vehicles getting matched in India? Because that is something a lot of people are talking about. That is something that a lot of people are eyeing for, that this is where both the systems will start get uh, complementing each other and helping each other out. What's your take on that? I actually
0: been driving an electrical vehicle since two thousand fourteen. Uh, I just yeah. got my second e v with wow! congratulations uh, it's last week thank you uh, it, it's a uh, someone has driven that car. it's ten thousand kilometers and works fine. you know there are no yeah. moving parts in the car I mean, uh, and you know you know that car works absolutely fine and it's got warranty, so I actually picked up one car uh, yeah. and The thing which I saw with the first car as well, I spent, I think, 7 lakh rupees on the car. And uh, the amount that I saved for driving, I drove like 1 lakh kilometers and, you know, literally per kilometer, even if you say 5 rupees per kilometer without considering the there are no maintenance costs for an electrical vehicle, uh, you have actually saved, you know, 5 lakh rupees just there, right? You know, if you take 5 rupees per kilometer. Typically, for most cars in India, in urban cities, they actually, per kilometer, it might cost you around 8 rupees to 10 rupees. But even if you take 5 rupees, you actually got your money back yeah. on the car. Now, I think those economics will start playing significantly in the consumer market going forward. Uh, we have seen already in the two-wheelers segment now, uh, two-wheelers have picked up like companies like Ather, Hero, Ajaj is now launching uh, EV auto rickshaws, uh, Mahindra is launching uh, auto rickshaws and then many of these scooter companies have their pipelines already you know, coming with the electrical uh, vehicles. The reason why they, it's playing out well is the economics of EV work out much cheaper, uh, much much cheaper in fact I must say, than the regular combustion engines. Um, on top of that, you, you know, a lot of advantages of EV, right? You know, it doesn't make sound and other things. Now, unfortunately, all these EV vehicles depend on electricity to be available. Now, in India, one thing which we know, if we go out of urban cities, is there is no power available twenty-four hours. You know, you have Nirantara Jyoti scheme, but many places you do still experience a power cuts either because it's a scheduled power cut or because your transformer has gone bad and no one else is there to repair it for days together. Yeah. Now, in those cases, what is the source of power to charge your electrical vehicles? Now, solar actually plugs in very, very well in those areas. When you go to the remote parts, I think to cities, 2 you know, cities, you have a challenge of electricity and you can actually have the solar power plants you have a lot of space available. I mean, you know, if you just go out of the city, cities looks cramped. But if you go outside, you have lots of spaces. You can actually set up the power plants, you know, one, every uh, village outside where people can actually put their vehicles, charge them, and then take them during morning time. Now, these kind of uh, ecosystems are being built and they will be built. It just started on that. Uh, In fact, uh, one of my complaints always has been that, you know, most of these EV companies look at urban market, you know, Uh, whereas I feel that market is actually in the tier two and tier three cities where, you know, you don't have petrol pumps. You have, you know, people actually, there's no traffic, but you have to go uh, long distances to go to your farm. You know, your farms would be around 50 kilometers away from a small town and you have to go every day and come back. You have a big market there, right? You know, yeah. provided provided you have a power availability there. Now, so it's a chicken and egg problem, right? Now you need to provide the power so that people can buy their electrical vehicles. Uh, I hope uh, Indian government works towards you know providing spaces for some of the companies as well as government incentivizes to set up the solar power plants and incentivizes the EV vehicles, so that they can actually, you can build a complete ecosystem sustainable ecosystem within a small townships, True. much possible today than it was even one year ago, two years ago, uh, added to that, uh, you know, you can actually have batteries, packs, you know, where you can store the power in the morning time and use it during nighttime for charging and uh, use the same battery packs again to run your household appliances as well so there are multiple things that could be done and uh, i think this all these things would come in the future you know i mean i feel i'm um, happy and glad that the fossil fuel industry is on its
1: way out maybe not in 10 years but at least in the next 30 years yeah. So uh, my question is that uh, you are talking about the whole ecosystem of uh, electric vehicles, solar and battery for home. Uh, and in that case scenario, I, I think it's easier to be done in rural than in urban areas specifically because of the density and the crowd already present in the urban area. So if you have to see an ideal case scenario, maybe next 20, 25 years down the line, how do you see uh, this whole ecosystem in the urban sector where how do you envision it to happen
0: okay. so urban sector is a little different yeah, I mean the challenges of urban sector is something that you pointed out earlier that you know the keeping solar panels on the roof is a challenge in lots of places, right I mean you know because of the shadow factors and other things. so you may not directly run um, you know all this power that is coming into your. Uh, in Bangalore doesn't necessarily need to come from your individual apartments. So this is a place where you actually can coexist with a ground mounted solar rooftop system. Now you have a ground mounted and you have a solar rooftop system, which is uh, producing maybe 10% or 15% of your city's needs. Uh, and then your EV, which needs electrical power, uh, could actually come from from these forms, you know, uh, you know the big solar forms where the power could come, and then EVs could be charged uh, during uh, morning time. You know, where in your offices and in your apartment blocks, wherever you are uh, parked your vehicle. And I think that's what I would see uh, in urban sector uh, as, for, uh, as far as solar is concerned. As far as EVs concerned, I think uh, the changes. Uh, actually, my thought. You know, till uh, March 24th, till you know the Corona hit us badly, uh, was that you know the vehicles as a service concept. You know, you know that no one would own the vehicles and people use all these vehicles as a service. They lease them out, they rent them out, and use when they need. uh, Is what my thought process was as far as vehicles, electrical vehicles was concerned. I mean, the passenger vehicles. Uh, But then, you know, post-corona now, uh, the service model has taken a hit in short run. means you you can't really trust what the other guy has uh, used the car. So you want to have your own car or your scooter or own bike. Uh, So you would still own the vehicles, right? I mean, I think that's a short run. I think long run, I think service model would still work provided one can prove that the vehicles have been sanitized and kept it clean i think that model will still f- fly uh in going forward the other aspect in the ev ecosystem i see is uh, all your fleet vehicles you know yeah take uh, your swiggy as you know the baskets are anything in the industry today i think they all will move to electrical vehicles i mean it just doesn't make any sense uh for uh, petrol vehicles there because it's so Expensive compared to EV vehicles, Amazon has made an investment of 10,000 EV vehicles for their own fleet already yeah. uh, in India. Yeah. So I think that ecosystem is going to come in a big way as well.
1: Yeah, let let's hope so. that does happen, and we have shifted to more of renewable energy, so that we are actually using clean power and we are not polluting the environment. Uh, yes, exactly. Coming to the next question, Harsha, uh, uh, how do you see your company growing in uh, next, uh, maybe a decade or something? And where do you see yourself placed in this whole ecosystem with this growing ecosystem of solar as well as EV? Yeah, you
0: know, our focus has always been rooftops, I mean, you know, I think we we'll would still continue that. Um, solar, we think as of today, uh, you know, um, we're not really tied up to solar. As much as, you know, I actually passionate about and I'm passionate to talk about it. Our main thing is, uh, you know, the environment. And I think the core issue that we are trying to solve as a company is the climate change. And as long as solar is the best solution that is available to achieve that, I think we would continue in solar. If there is any other technologies that actually could come and play a significant role in uh, uh, impacting the climate change i think we would probably shift to that uh, industry uh you know if that is the case and something that we may not be able to predict today 10 years down the line there are a lot of improvements in efficiencies uh you know for your engines to your acs to uh, you know fans i yeah. think that that's a market space There's a lot of opportunities as well as it's also in uh, something is of a necessity and a need uh, for us you know solar can solve of the problems but not all the problems so continuing solar as long as you know it is a one of the best viable solutions we would continue with solar and we would actually be looking at all these uh, industries that complement solar including the evs uh, you know the battery based lithium technologies because you need batteries to store the solar power which is in the morning and you want to use it in the night you need some form of a storage Storage is a big space uh, to be because storage you're not only really using for your EV vehicles, but you also could use it in your homes for the UPS. So that's another market that is of interest to us. Um, you know, if right opportunities strike and you know we have enough resources, there's something that we would work on. Um, you yeah. know, the other uh, aspect is also uh, we would be interested in, as I said, blockchain technologies, right? How do you make everyone independent, both the consumer as well as a producer, independent of the utilities. You know, how, how do you make the transaction? Uh, and I think that would be a very, very interesting field, uh, you know, maybe five years down the line, something that, that some of the solar rooftop companies of today could play a role, including ourselves. That's on the, there's other interesting areas, you know, which you would look at you know, solar water pumps. Uh, you know, I have worked uh, significantly as well, uh, you know, with uh, Aruvel and I think that markets would open up uh, quite, quite, quite a bit, and we could actually play a very good role in that space as well.
1: Yeah, I see. There's quite a lot of uh, variety coming in the future. That uh, it's not just one field, but a complement a lot of other complementary fields as well when it comes around then only you can develop a robust ecosystem
0: yeah and, and also just you know you know this whole campaign on atmanirbhar movement that you know india should produce its own i i think it's it's a great movement and i think indian industries manufacturing should ramp up i mean we should Produce our own things that we we can consume in our own country, right? I think it means that you know, more factories should come. And these factories, when mean, we talk about this, we don't want these giga factories, right? I mean, what we need is this mini, the medium and small scale industries that come and like you know pop up stores across the country. You know, you know with yeah. uh, uh, you know, with the technology now, you actually have all these miniature manufacturing units that you can actually set up. Uh, you know in a small area and then produce them and you know the power is always a necessity for all these industries to come why is that certain industries don't go to the villages today is because they don't have a power availability power is a major major problem and they, of course there are other issues like education and their kids healthcare centers for their kids but at least the satellite towns the towns that are around the cities you know within 100 kilometers range of a big city or 150 or 200 kilometers within a big city they yeah. all can actually build and develop. You know, you're well within the range of hundred kilometers, in two hours you might be uh, you know, be in the city. Why not build them, right? Why not build the industries around that? And you get, get the power. I mean, power is I think you uh, know is available. I mean, solar is affordable for many people. Uh, I, and we see this. I mean, you know, we, we see that coming and I hope uh, you know uh, the, the the economy picks up. Post Corona, uh, or even you know next year, uh, things might start back up again, and you know uh, more industries do come, and solar could play a fairly significant role in that space.
1: True, true, and that's uh, yeah, that's very valid. That it it requires that kind of whole infrastructure in place to make sure that such things can actually happen, and uh, we just don't talk about it. And I, yeah, I, I think the satellite town concept is quite good as well on those lines. It's just outside the city, it's easily accessible, yet everything is cheaper over there. So your cost of production does go down eventually, which is what you need, which is what you want uh, to make sure that the ecosystem can survive. Yeah so coming coming to one of the important questions that while we are trying to understand the future of this whole ecosystem, one of the things uh, at least my passion is towards is what kind of skill sets will be required because uh, what can people expect to work on in future in these lines if they want to work on, and what do you think on those lines, what kind of jobs it will have, or what kind of skill sets people will need to get into such fields in future if such things uh, are picking up
0: right a good question um see and I, i'll just give you one, my background i am i have done my civil engineering and you know uh, then i did my computer science uh, masters then i did something in bioinformatics totally different you know i was interested in biology for some time uh, i don't know why but i was really fascinated Genomics at one time and you know, I actually wanted to pursue my master's in, you know, in the uh, Molitor biology, you know, and wow. computer science I mean, so, so bioinformatics was a very interesting field. I did a degree there. Yeah. Uh, but then I actually, my, what I do today is totally different. I do uh, work in the electrical field, I may not understand all the nitty gritties of electricity, but I do understand fairly well how the things work. Uh, I think my point is that the skills, what you develop in your primary, uh, in your four years may not necessarily mean <clears throat> that that's what you should be doing in your career as well. And more often than not, you know, you actually end up most of us, what we would have studied versus what we do is totally different, right? And most of us would have developed our skills during the job or, you know coming across certain things and then would have picked it up uh, along the lines. So skills, you know, same thing with solar. I think solar is something that anyone can actually understand, right? You know, with fair amount of hands-on experiences and, you know, working with the teams, you actually can get a fairly good idea. And then, you know, a bit of engineering could help. Uh, And you can build the things. Uh, I think the whole sustainable energy space uh, is open for non electricals including myself uh, yeah. i think many people can actually can come uh, play a significant significant role as long as they're passionate about a bigger goal which is a climate change i think you know that drives and of course you don't need to be just climate change driven you could be driven on the money aspect and i think there's a fair amount of money to be made in this industry and uh, in terms of skills you know uh, you you actually I would suggest, you know, I think we should get out of this uh, mindset of going through a four year college, you know, a job does not necessarily is guaranteed because you have done a four years, but it can be guaranteed, provided you are interested, you find an interest in something and you work towards that. And now you have something called MOOC, the modular courses that are available. I think people can take them and uh, get understanding of it, what things are and slowly join as interns, right? I mean, you know. uh, Apprenticeship is something that we don't have, you know, we don't have that much in these days. And I remember actually, even when I was a child, you know, there's all these students, my dad is a lecturer and you have these students actually who, uh, you know, work closely with your teachers or with the industries, you know, uh, as part of them from the, you know, during the early days. I mean, it doesn't need to be second year college engineering that you have to go for an apprenticeship, you know. In fact, apprenticeship starts at uh, eighth standard and seventh standard, and you know, to go and learn the skills, right? Yeah. Uh, to fill the passion. I think that skills, vocational skills, could need if I have to say, has nothing to do with the academics and vocational skills should be something that should be developed from the early stage in this country. And I think solar are you know, sustainability is something that should be taught. And have an hands-on experience for everyone. You, need, you don't need to depend on others to build a solar plant for you. You should be trained enough that you can build on your own and do it. You know? Understand the nitty-gritty of electricity. I think, uh, I think that's that's a bigger space that I think would play a role uh, across India. And I would be happy, and I would I think, and predict that going forward in five years down the line, you would actually find many of these uh, electricians who may not understand solar today. And many people doing locally the solar systems within a, a small street are you know, maintaining, managing them, installing them. You'll we'll see many of those jobs opening up.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Harsha. Uh, this was quite insightful for sure. The whole uh, of your journey, EcoSocius journey, and where do we see the whole ecosystem of? Uh, renewable energy and uh, electric vehicles going in together. Any last comments? Uh, do you have? Uh, if I have missed out on anything that you would like to fill us up on? Um,
0: I think uh, only one thing which I suggest is on the COVID situation. Uh, you know, COVID has played, um, you know, it, it played in a major role, for not just for people's lives. Uh, you know, who are directly affected with the positive cases. It also has a lot of impact on the on the livelihood of many uh, Indians as well, and yeah. this is across the world. Solar is no exception to it. Uh, you know, solar has actually taken a hit. Uh, I was reading some article that year on year, you know, solar industry has uh, from last year last quarter two of 2019 to this year there is 81 percent dip in terms of. Uh, uh, you, know, you know the new plants production yeah. uh i think uh, that's a significant number but they there are uh you know positive signs are also there mystery has picked up uh you know we expect that mystery to turn around in q3 uh q4 time uh you know or maybe q2 is almost getting over but q3 q4 we are seeing it i mean you know we have seen the interesting number of people reaching out to us for solar on the rooftop. Uh, and if I have to add last point, uh, Puneet, that today when you uh, put your money, right, in an FD account, you have money, and you have put a money in FD account, the FD interest rates because of uh, COVID situation have actually dropped, you know. Now you actually get around 4% to 5% at most, the FD interest rates. And many banks are also, you know, are not in a good shape as bank was an example of it, Uh, you know. uh, So keeping money in bank, in one bank itself is not so such a great idea. You may want to at least distribute it to multiple banks. And if I can add, you know, you could actually invest that money in solar rooftop on your own roof, which actually can give you returns. Even for a small system, you're looking at a returns of 8%, you know. uh, Earlier it was, cheap, less than the FD, but now FDs have become cheaper. Uh, so you actually, if you want to do solar, I think it's a good place that many of your audience who are thinking about solar, it's a good place. Your returns would be anywhere above that. Uh, you know, probably you would get your money back within six years or, you know, more systems or bigger systems, even four years, you probably get it back. Yeah. It makes economic sense today to go for solar. Uh, if you have money, sitting in fd so with that i uh, yeah i, th- I thanks punit i mean uh, i think that's uh, uh, that's all i had to say uh,
1: thank you I, and how and can had, these uh, people reach out to you if you can just uh, let them know that if they have any more doubts yes. uh
0: we are uh, we are at uh, www.ecosoach.com our company name is ecosoach solar private Limited. Uh, you can uh, reach me at harsha at the rate echo dot com uh, and uh, and also at the website you can reach out in a query form if you have any questions or if you're interested to go solar uh, we do uh, occasionally run our workshops uh, you know we'll register for one of them you know if you want to listen and get a big picture of technically on solar rooftops And if, if some of your audience is interested to start their solar business I think it's a I really welcome it. I think there's a bigger market to do. Um, so if you have any questions, need help, you can always reach me out.
1: Yes, I, I do recommend the webinars they do. Uh, they are quite informative on a lot of technical aspects of solar. And uh, if you have never attended it, do attend it. And basically now you can do it from anywhere because they do it online. So I would highly recommend that. Mm. Thank you, Harsha. Thanks a lot for your time and thank you for a very insightful journey uh, about the whole ecosystem and your company. You have been listening to Understanding the Future podcast. To know more about Climate Center for Cities, visit us at wwwc cubeniuaorg and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. The show is conceptualized, hosted and produced by Punit Gandhi you can listen to the show on apple podcast google podcast and spotify so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues thank you and stay tuned for the next episode